0: I'd like to share with us this morning, Astonished by Peace, the second Sunday of Advent. Advent is a celebration of the comings, plural, the comings of Jesus. The church looks back upon Christ's coming in celebration. What are we celebration? Celebrating we? He announced the arrival of God's kingdom on the earth, salvation slash Peace. In the New Testament, salvation and peace are synonymous, especially in messianic promises. That salvation, that peace has begun. So don't think that salvation and peace is just later. The fulfillment is later, but it has begun. Salvation for humanity has begun. Peace for humanity has begun. We don't always see it, but it's begun. Jesus initiated it. So we're celebrating the arrival of God's kingdom on the earth. And at the same time, we're looking forward in eager anticipation to his return and the coming of the fullness of the kingdom. That would be the completion of salvation. The completion of peace is coming when Jesus returns. So this season is both a remembrance looking back and an anticipation of what is before us. And there's four key words hope, peace, joy, love. I want us, over this season, to be astonished. If you're wondering what astonished looks like, look at those faces in the portrait. Astonished by hope, peace, joy, and love. I never want this season to become old hat. Oh, yeah, Advent again. I want us to be just in awe... Year after year after year as we wait for the fulfillment of what has started. In Brian Zahn's book, Beauty Will Save the World, he writes, Christianity is a confession. It's not an explanation. We confess Christ. We don't explain Christ. We confess the Trinity, the Incarnation, the Resurrection, the Ascension, though we cannot fully explain these mysteries. We cannot fully explain our faith. We leave room for mystery. We honor mystery. We recognize the beauty in the mystery. If we reduce the Christian faith to only that to which we can explain, we end up with a paper thin, watered down, cheap knockoff of Christianity that no longer has the capacity to astonish. If you want to know where I'm coming from, that's it. He nailed it right on the head for me. I want to be astonished by Jesus, our King. I want to be astonished that there is a God in three persons revealed. I want to be astonished... In the season of Advent, which is about the incarnation, God becoming a man. Can I explain that fully? No. I can't. Do I believe it fully? Yes. Last week, we were astonished by hope in a different way, by having someone visit us from the Persian room. There's a wonderful book. I would recommend it for all of us to read. A Wind in the House of Islam. The author is a missionologist and he's a researcher. And he began to hear, hey, something's happening in the Muslim-dominant countries. And so he he actually traveled 250,000 miles and and he visited what he calls the House of Islam. And he visited every house or every room of the House of Islam. The reason he does that is for security reasons. So he doesn't name the people, he doesn't name the particular country He visited the North Africa room. And there he interviewed people. What's happening here? And then he visited the Persian. We had somebody from the Persian room visit us. And I I mean, just as as we listen to our friend's story, we, we listen to a person that is from the nation that is at the number one place of where the church is growing at the fastest rate on the planet. And in that Persian world, there's another country where the church is growing at the fastest rate on the planet. So movements that used to be measured by 100 churches in 15 to 20 years, today that's accelerated to 100 churches in two years. Now those churches aren't big. We learned last week that a mega church in the Persian world is 40 people but maybe we could learn from that. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it'd be a little bit... Maybe if it was just 20 to 40 people in house churches, maybe something would ignite across our land. Eighty-four percent of Muslims following Jesus have begun that journey of following Jesus in the past 12 years. That means... And the approximate 1,400 years of Islam on the planet in the last 12 years, 84% of those that are following Jesus started following Jesus. Now, I don't know if that doesn't astonish us with hope that God has not written off the planet, that God has not said, Oh, humanity, I'm just giving up. I mean, if that doesn't, I mean, even if you just look at... Like the description of these places, like the axes of evil. I mean, we, we come up with these political terms. And it just seems to me that oh, when you do that, God says, really? Well, that's where I ought to go. If that's, where, if that's an axis of evil, I ought to go there. Because there's probably a lot of people there that are looking for salvation slash peace. We may not go there, but Jesus is. So our friend Kay, <clears throat> the friend that was with us, he's the first known believer of an unreached people group who in 1990 had no visible presence of Jesus in any form or fashion. As a university student in India, a youth with a mission missionary made friends with our friend Kay. And over time... Kay began to follow Jesus. And he began going back home and introducing his family to Jesus. And so for 11 years, our friend lived in that Persian world and uh, invited other Muslim people to follow Jesus and planted church after church after church after church. In his story... Three out of five people responded to the invitation of following Jesus as he introduced Jesus to his friends and his family. Uh, Again, the light, the light that shines in the darkness is shining brightly. So I just want us to really be astonished. by There's no reason for us to stop being hopeful of what God is doing on planet Earth. That was a reminder of what happened last week. I couldn't let it go. (laughs) I don't want you to let it go. I want it to stick with us. But I want to focus now on peace. I want us to be astonished by peace. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, you're God. Isaiah promises a messenger. And in Hebrew poetry, there's always a parallelism. So that messenger, as he announces peace, parallel to that is the announcement of salvation. Peace and salvation are synonymous messages. Good news is parallel to God reigning. So when Jesus shows up with the announcement, the kingdom of God is arriving, he is that messenger of peace. He is saying, I'm announcing the arrival of the kingdom of God. That's good news. And it's the good news of peace and salvation coming to the earth. When the angels appeared over the skies of Bethlehem, the night of Jesus' birth, They announce peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest heavens. And on earth, peace among those whom he favors. God is favoring humanity because peace has arrived. Salvation has arrived. It's not that God is being selective about it. My favor is on the earth, so salvation has arrived. One of the things that I think about during this season is that our cousin, <coughs> Nehemiah, visited Bethlehem in 1894. When he visited Bethlehem in 1894, he spent the night at the church in the Nativity. He, 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 just, he really wanted to be at Shepherd's Field, but he fell asleep. So awakening, this is out of his journal, awakening suddenly at four in the morning, he remembered his determination to visit the field of the shepherds while it was yet night. So he hired an Arab, that would be a Palestinian, to show him the way to the field, which is about 15-minute walk from Bethlehem. Bethlehem is 8,000 people in 1894. And shepherds' field is outside of the city, about 15 minutes' walk. And then these are his words. As we stood in the place where it's believed the angels brought the heavenly message, looking upward, I thought that I could almost see the glorious vision the shepherds saw. And hear the wonderful words of the angels. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I was entirely alone on the spot, with the exception of my Palestinian guide. The night was without a sound, silent night. It seemed to me filled with a certain fragrance pervaded, as it were, with sweet holiness from above. This was one of the most inspiring portions of my trip. As Christmas Day dawned, 1894, and the purple streaks of dawn commenced brightening up the landscape, Nehemiah made the two-hour walk back to Jerusalem. Our cousin almost saw, almost heard, seemed like he smelt peace on the earth. I had you talk together about what is peace. Going back and just like looking at the word and exploring it a bit, I would like to suggest to you that Jesus is the end of strife on the earth. Those who begin to follow Jesus do not practice war anymore. It has to do with, Connection with Jesus. But the peace that comes is an end of war. It's an end of strife between individuals when those two individuals are following Jesus. Otto was quick to say, well, he said there wasn't going to be peace. But he's talking about if, if it's an unequal thing, if Christie is following Jesus and Otto is not, then there's going to be a tension. Jesus is rest." Rest would be another synonym for peace and salvation. Rest from affliction. The affliction of a fallen creation. The affliction of persecution. Jesus is rest through that. Jesus is order. Jesus is harmony. Jesus is the shalom. The shalom is this all-inclusive word that just... All is right in the world. God has set everything right in the world. Everything is good. Life is rich. Life is full. Jesus is that shalom. The peace Jesus gives is nearly synonymous with messianic salvation. So when we say Jesus came to start salvation, Jesus came to start peace on the earth. The angelic announcement it's not to be taken as a wish. When Miss America says, well, I really wish there'd be peace on the earth. That's a wish. Okay, that's... Okay, we all get that. That's a wish. It's a prayer. And most of the time, well, we wish, but, but then we follow it up with, but it's never going to happen. Well, my friends, the angels are not expressing a wish. They're making a declaration. They're declaring... Their declaration is salvation has now come to the earth. Salvation has now come to the earth. Peace has now come to the earth. It's a declaration of fact. It's not a wish. It's not, oh, I hope so. It's here. It's present. It's come. So then Jesus will make these promises in his life, in his ministry, Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Rest, I leave with you. My rest, I give to you. Salvation, I leave with you. My salvation, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. The world can't give this kind of peace. The world can't give this kind of rest. The world can't give this kind of salvation. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. I said this to you. So that in me you may have peace. Rest. Salvation. In the world... You all will face persecution. But take courage. (laughs) I've conquered the world. Peace conquers the world. That is a foreign concept to the world. (laughs) Blessed are the peacemakers. I've come, Jesus would say, to make peace. I'm now leaving you here on the planet to make peace. And because there will be persecution, there will be opposition, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, not just because they're jerks, because they're righteous in the way they're living their life. Not demanding their own way, not being obnoxious with their faith, but for righteousness' sake, they're being persecuted. Blessed are they. So, our community, this Advent season, you know, what, is, what does it mean for peace to invade our community? Well, from what we've just read, I would say peace is here for us. Jesus wants to give that peace to us. Peace is here for us to receive. Anybody want to receive the gift of peace this season? I do. (laughs) Yes, sir You know, you don't even have to wrap it. Just, yes, we as a community want the peace that Jesus gives. It's the peace that calms our fears and our doubts. Anybody have any fear this morning? Who would be willing to say, my God, I'm carrying some fear with me. I was so fearful I didn't put my hand up. (laughs) How many of us have some doubts going on? The peace that Jesus gives to our community calms our fears and our doubts. Isn't that incredible? What a gift. We don't have to keep living revved up in our fears and our doubts and being miserable. And we don't have to join the chorus of verses if only Jesus would come back. And he's saying, I'm here. I said I would be with you. Golly, knock me in the head. Pax Romana and Pax Christi are not the same. We have got to get it down. The peace of Christ is not established by political process. I believe we should be registered to vote. I believe that we should be involved. It's culturally relevant to be involved in this world, but to be involved thinking my vote is going to bring peace to our nation—hello. When has a vote ever brought peace to our nation? And it—it it seems like it's getting a little bit worse. I mean, am I? I mean, that's, i don't know. It just seems like things are getting a little out of hand. Seem that, does that seem like that to you? I mean... If, if it's not, please bring me into your world. Because I... Uh... <laughs> the other is the peace of Christ is not established by military presence. I mean, just think back. We've been in war for how many years? And I didn't want to look up how much we spent... Oh, goodness gracious. And is our world at peace because of our military presence and involvement? No. I mean, the message that Jesus would give to a community that's following Jesus is that our world will be conquered by peace, not by war. The peace of Christ, the peace of Jesus, emboldens us to face persecution rightly. Again, in this this process, it's that like people think, they're like, oh, somebody's out there persecuting us. And rather than looking at the blessing of that, thinking that, well, we'll just kind of vote ourselves out of that situation. If we can kind of get in control of the political process, then we don't have to face persecution. Really? Is that the way the New Testament works? I mean, do we just have to remind ourselves of the story that we're living, right? Because other voices can be pretty convincing. But if we're going to follow Jesus, I mean, we're really going to follow Jesus then there's going to be some sort of pressure put against us. And when that happens, we're supposed to say, give us courage, Jesus. Give us courage to pass through the persecution, whatever it might be. Give us the courage that you had. Just think about what Jesus went through. How much persecution did Jesus go through? The peace of Jesus... Brings courage to us as a community to face persecution rightly. And finally, we're called into the blessing of making peace on the earth in our generation. As much as it depends on us, we are to make peace. We are to end strife between one another. We are to end strife between us and any other human being. We are to be a voice to our nation to end strife with other nations. We are to be peacemakers on the earth (laughs) because peace is here. Peace just needs more messengers. (laughs) We have a message to deliver to our generation so i would like to ask you would we as a community like to be all of this and more and if so while we stand together and while we ask for jesus to give to us the gifts that he wants to give to us so that as a community we can represent his message of peace to our generation Would you like to stand? You know, some of our liturgical friends pass the peace. Kathy's a good Anglican. Kathy's a good peacemaker, too, so it's really great that she's here. So when they're passing the peace, they say something like, peace be with you, Mm -hmm. and you say, and to you. Oh, goodness gracious, (laughs) kissing. Now we've crossed the line. Now we're (laughs) kissing. My breath is fresh. So let's just take a moment to receive the peace that Jesus wants to give to us. So it's just, I mean, it's just like if if we were around your your tree and I just brought you a gift and said, here you go, Kevin, I'm going to give you a gift. (laughs) I'm backing away. (laughs) Yeah, we would receive that, right? We'd have our hands open. To receive that gift. So I just encourage us to be in that posture. And sometimes when you... You, you know, you, you, that posture is outside. It's also a symbol of what's going on inside. I mean, it's more important what's going on inside than, than this. So Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. And Jesus, by your own words, you said, I give you my peace. Jesus, we are people in a community pledged to follow you. And we stand with our hearts open, our hands open, to receive from you the gift of peace. Lord, along with that gift of peace, there's the gift of courage courage to go against the currents of our day to be people that make peace rather than people that make war. People that reconcile rather than tear apart. So Jesus, our hearts and our hands are open to receive the gift of courage to face opposition to the peace, the salvation and the rest that has come into our world. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would anoint us, being people filled with the peace of Jesus, people emboldened by Jesus, anoint us to be peacemakers in our generation. Anoint us to be messengers of the <laughs> messengers of peace. Messengers of salvation to our neighbors, to our city, to our state, to our our nation, to the nations of the world, anoint us, Lord, to be messengers of peace. Finally, Holy Spirit, with the peace of Jesus, calm Our fears. Calm our fears. Take charge of our doubts. We receive faith from you, trust from you, to represent you well. The passing of the peace, when Jesus sent his disciples, he He sent them out and said, you know, enter a home and give the peace. You know, peace is some sort of a commodity that we have to give. And and it's so much so that if it wasn't received, he said, we'll take it back and move on to the next house. So let's end our morning by giving the peace. We've received peace. Let's give it to one another. Peace be to you. Response into you. Let's do that with one another. And let's do that with affection. Let's do that with hugs. Let's do that with appropriate kiss on the cheek.